0: Hi, Rav here with the 10th Parak of Mishnah Psachim. Our Mishnah study is dedicated towards the merit of Rafu Shlema for Kalman Yitzchak ben Sarah Bluma. Parak Yud Mishnah Aleph. This Parak walks us through the evening of the Seder and gives us many of the pieces that we find familiar from the Seder, from the Haggadah, explicitly in the Mishnah. First, we start with the beforehand. Arve Pesachim Samach lo adam One is not supposed to eat on Erev Pesach, on the afternoon before Pesach, Starting from around Mincha time, uh, one should not eat until it gets dark. Why? So we're looking for people to be hungry when they get to the Seder, not just because there wasn't that much food available, but rather because we want people to be able to eat the foods. This is one of the times that we have a specific food, that there is a mitzvah to eat this food, as opposed to, let's say, Shabbat and Yom Tov, where there's a mitzvah to eat. Enjoy, have a meal. This is, we want people to eat matzah with an appetite to enjoy matzah and have them be excited about it. Uh, Many people have the custom to not eat matzah from a certain point, whether it's from Purim or from the beginning of Nisan in order to get ready, but one should go into the Seder hungry so that when they hit the matzah, they are excited about the mitzvah of eating matzah. Even a poor person who wouldn't necessarily normally lean while they eat. Nowadays, we don't lean a whole lot while we eat altogether. Uh, But back in the day, people who were well off would lie down on these couches. You see this, it's a Persian custom. You see it in in Greco-Roman pictures. People would lean on these couches, lie down while they were eating. That was what a person did if they were dignified or well off. And even though this person is poor, they should not eat until they lean. Nowadays, that's not the way that most of us eat. Um, I did see... a a bit of advice that's worked well for me, which is that if you take your chair, especially if your chair has a lower back, And you turn it sideways so that it's underneath your left arm, underneath your left shoulder. uh, It will naturally lead you to lean while you're eating. We're supposed to lean left. So even a poor person should be leaning on this night because even though they are poor, tonight they are royalty, tonight they are a Jew going out of Egypt. Same thing for that poor person. We shouldn't give them any fewer than four cups of wine or grape juice, uh, even though you might say, well, wait a second, there's only a certain amount of charity funding to go around. Shouldn't we give them, you know, one cup tonight? They could have a little something, but this way we'll have meals for them to give them on other days. Nope, there is an obligation to drink four cups of wine. So even if it's coming from the tamkhoi, from the communal tzedakah funds, from the soup kitchen, whatever it might be, even though it's coming from communal funds, we should still be making sure that even a poor person has four cups of wine because the four cups of wine are not simply an enjoyment. They are actually how we process through various declarations of the Seder. Throughout Judaism, we find that we take declarations that are concepts and words in the air, and we give them a physical manifestation and an anchor in the form of a cup of wine. So think Kiddush on a Shabbat of Yom Tov. Think the brachot made at a wedding. Think about the brachot made at a bris. Think about Havdalah, so on and so forth. We're constantly making blessings over a cup of wine. And here there's no exception. The first cup is going to be the cup of Kiddush for the, ha- for the holiday. Second cup is going to be the cup over which we say Magid. The third cup is going to be the cup over which we say the Benching, Birkat Hamazon, at the end of the meal. And the fourth cup will be the cup over which we say halo.